Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Toronto, Ontario. My name's Ian, and unfortunately my regular co-host Jason will not be joining me tonight as he's on a exploratory crusade uh, visiting the western parts of the galaxy. This is episode 21, and tonight we will be focusing on Sigmaring 40k. On the show with me is uh, Samurai Mike, good friend of the Maelstrom, who's uh, been on the show before. He's an avid Age of Sigmar player, and uh, we talk about what's been revealed at Adepticon, and we speculate about how certain uh, gameplay aspects of Age of Sigmar would work out in 40k. Uh, We start off some hobby progress and games played before jumping straight into the main topic. Be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrong side of the maelstrom at gmail.com. And finally, please subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, Jason and I are local, so if you'd like to get a game in, uh, shoot us a message over Facebook. And our home store is the Games Workshop at Young and Lawrence. So uh, check it out and uh, be so kind as to give them your business. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. You are now entering the wrong side of the maelstrom with your hosts, Ian Clough and Jason McKendry. All right, so I'm here with Samurai Mike, the hero of the mortal realms and uh, no my hero. personal conversion hero. <laughs> so, Mike, we had you on a while back to talk about conversions, talked a lot about your Necrons. Uh, today we're talking about Sigmar, but uh, first, uh, how have you been doing lately? How you, how's it going? Good, just getting over a cold. Um, I'm excited for 8th. I play a lot of Sigmar, so I like it. I know a lot of people are on the fence, but I'm yeah. excited to see what's just coming down the pipeline. Yeah, well, we'll get to that soon, but uh, what have you been doing hobby-wise, both 40k and Sigmar? Um, I'm getting into Shadow War. I got um, some Necrons. I'm actually also using it as an excuse to replace some of the Necron Immortals I built improperly. Right. They're, they're very monopose models, so what ends up happening is if you don't match up the back to the gun perfectly mm-hmm. and it only goes in one position i didn't realize that too much when i was building them right and i figured i could just man mode it and be like oh, i'll just match it up it'll be fine no. follow the instructions um <laughs> so i end up buying another 10 immortals just so that i have them so they actually look proper and look so much nicer mm-hmm. but that's about it for 40k for me at the moment and you're using those uh in shadow war you said right yes i'm actually i'm doing a necron kill team so okay it's right now. It's just five immortals. It's usually mostly you can take for necrons. You can take mm-hmm. warriors and some specialists and stuff. But I like the necrons because you get this ability. You can walk through walls. It just sounds pretty cool. Right. If you um, did you manage to pick up the set, the Armageddon set? So I was sick and I got there late. I still have the cold and I missed the pre-order. The pre-order was like out in like an hour or two. Yeah. It was, it was sold out. People just scooped them up everywhere. People have been going crazy about it. Right, right, right. Um, it's weird because it's, um, people have been going crazy about it because the gameplay and the game rules and that terrain set. No mm-hmm. one cares about, oh, you get 20 scouts and 20 orcs. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, want, I want that like oil pipeline. Yeah. And 
I'm glad it's coming out. The terrain's coming out separately, but I didn't realize just how how expensive the train was going to be and how good of a deal that that yeah. set is. So hopefully they'll reprint it. Well, it's the equivalent of like three boxes of guys and then the train set. Yeah, and then a book. So yeah, the the guys I'm less concerned with. No one cares. No one wants to get more scouts and some orcs. I know. I are about twenty five scouts. I don't need more. <laughs> Unless you want to do just the air cavalry uh, scout list, which that is kind of cool. That's but. something I was thinking about. Um, one of the guys at the store is doing that, and it just it just looks so cool. So if it's air cavalry, what's what vehicles? Um, uh, Land speed of storms and scouts. Oh, that makes sense. So it's just like he he he's doing uh, raptors for Badab when we did Badab a couple months ago. Yeah, and um, he was doing uh, Green Hawk Down because it's the raptors instead of Black Hawk. Right. Down. Okay. Just had a whole bunch of raptors, and they're, they're like the sniper marines yep. kind of thing. Yep. So, okay, cool. What about non 40k? Like, you've been doing a um, lot of Sigmar, right? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of Sigmar lately. Um, I've been starting different uh, factions. I usually suggest stick to one Grand Alliance, but I've been starting to play a lot more competitive games and getting used to going to tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Destruction's good, but it's one trick pony. I don't want to just get a whole bunch of Thunder Tusks and a Cunning Rock and have at it uh i want to try a few different things so right i've been looking at demons i want to get some corn stuff i want to do a corn army they just right. got a book yesterday and uh, the steampunk dwarves are coming out i'm excited for that yeah those are pretty crazy looking i'm really excited to see what conversions people do with those yeah well, one thing i wanted to do if everyone was getting into them was everyone do like just airship battles a yeah mini campaign to cover a table and cotton swabs and say it's clouds yeah. Make a few little like mountains or flying islands or something and just That'd be cool. Yeah, just do flying units only. Yeah, well, um you can have like a few ground places, but they have all the they actually have transports. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's actually pretty cool. I'm interested to see what the yeah. they're gonna pull that off. You've uh, been working a lot on your ghost free guild. Can you what what's that about? Um well so originally I wanted to free guild. I really I really like the idea of just a whole bunch of little soldiers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um the models are really old. They have a lot of little details on them. And I just couldn't be bothered painting a couple hundred models. Right. Especially with the, like, half red, half white, which I was going to do. And then, like, they all have, like, little purity seals on them, and little knives and belts and right. satchels and crap. And then it's just too much work. I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to do ghosts. I want, I want to paint a ghost army for a while. I like the spirit hosts. And right. I'm like, whatever, I'll just do Ghost Free Guild. And then I got some Stormcast, and I gave them all, um, like, these skull heads. Yeah. And I end up just a little simple head swap, but it looks cool. It's like a Skeletor head. It's like a, a hood. And... Oh, so the Stormcasts are part of the Ghost yeah, Army. because they're both the Order, right? Right. So I use them. The idea is it's like they're, like, Death Knights, and they have, like, ghosts with them mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It, I know there's death, but I just wanted to do that, so it's my... Yeah. Not not death, death. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so I, I haven't got a lot of hobby done, but I picked up parts to make a Praetor. So I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between 30k Space Wolves and doing Nids, starting Chaos, and doing Admech. And I finally kind of split the difference. So I built this uh, Praetor out of the uh, Space Wolf Crom Lord. And gave him like a big sword for like the great wolf, great frost blade, and just tons of other. Like I did a head swap, so he's got like a Mark III helmet, and he's pointing instead of a bull pistol because it's a two-handed weapon, right? Yeah. 
So I'm really excited about that guy. I don't know if I'm going to start the army in the, that soon. And then I picked up a Dark Vengeance set because those models are awesome. And it's pretty. It's a really good deal. So I've built up yeah. all the chaos. And I had to swap out all the chosen with thirty mil base, thirty-two mil bases. I, I've been so resistant about doing that with my Space Marines, and I just decided, like, you know it what? It's, so much I got to do it. It. I, I don't mind it on my Space Marines, but it's. I figure if I'm doing a new power armor army, I should put them on the right bases. Yeah. So I didn't want to like you know rebase an entire company of Marines. And, and I mean, there's. Advantages and disadvantages, smaller bases. Like, you can't cover as much ground, but you can get guys, more guys in in combat. Easier so. to transport. That is true. Yeah, I don't need new foam. Yeah. Uh, that is one thing I wish I had known when I got my Necrons. Yeah. Because I got, the, like, some old uh, Battle Forces from, I think I got from Meeple Mart, actually. Right. And um, it was before I started going to Young and Lawrence regularly. And what ended up happening was... I got them all in 25s. And mm. then I see now they're releasing them with 32s. I'm looking at them on 32. I'm like, you know what? It makes so much sense. Their feet are literally half on. Yeah. On each foot is like half off. 25. Yeah. I don't have that so much on my Blood Angels, but I noticed with the Chosen, a lot of them, their feet are hanging off. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I put them on 32s. Yeah. Which Marines have found, they, they just, just fit on 25. And I think they did that on purpose for back mm. in the day. But yeah. now that they're, they want to make the models a little bit larger, more dynamic, I find. Yeah, yeah. And it, you can't do that on the 25. No, they, they definitely look better on the 32s, but I don't think they look that bad on the 25s. And it's a, when it came down to it, like I'd already bought basing stuff. I did a few test bases. They looked yeah. good. So I just figured, like, I'm not going to rebase this whole army. Anyway, so games played... A little while ago, uh, you and I played a game. Yes. So, Blood Angels versus Nids. Uh, we did a mission out of the Shield of Ball book. I believe so, yeah, because I got the Leviathan pack. Uh, this, it's like a set of like two or three books. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, getting back into my Nids and stuff like that. I, I just like to, I also like to hold on to all the rules so I can see them. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I can, I can download them, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, also... We were playing a game. I wanted to play my Nids. You wanted to play your Blood Angels. I'm like, you know what? Let's yeah. grab grab the book and we'll find something. We had that mission to solve the radiation. And yeah, so we played. I don't remember. killed more people than I either know. side. So we played a mission. I don't remember which one it was, but essentially in the mission there was toxic radiation. So any unit that wasn't monstrous creatures or vehicles that was like outside, so not in transports, had to take... Roll die for each model on one or two. It took a wound with no saves of any kind allowed. Yeah. And we decided Terminators were unaffected because they board Space Hawks and have good gear. Yeah. And Zonethropes because they have, like, warp shields, so yeah. it wouldn't get through. Well, the other thing was it was um, it's intended for guard, guard yeah. versus nids. So yeah. in that sense, it makes some sense. But you're using Marines, so in reality, yeah. a Marine walk around in power armies. And we didn't shit. decide the mission beforehand, so, like... I had brought two units of Terminators. I'm like, this isn't fair, yeah. Mike. Like, your zone throws, it makes sense that their shields yeah. would stop it. So that was a really fun game. That was also... Oh, no, it was really fun. We also ran the Empiric Storm cards, which are awesome. Actually, I th- ever since I bought those, I have used them in every game. So highlight of the game was uh, your... What was it your, like, zone throw? 
turning into a demon? Um, no, he didn't turn into a demon. Um, I just got one of the demons. Like we, we rolled off, and we didn't have a greater demon. So yeah, we so used, used a demon, demon prince that I had. I happened to have Carlos Sanchez there. Your Slanesh demon yeah, army. My, my Slanesh demon army was all uh, bad names for each character. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just grabbed him and we had fun with that. And then for me, the highlight was three Carnifexes jumping out of a building onto That's us. That's true. Yeah, I posted that on our Facebook page. It looked just like these gorillas swinging off the terrain, jumping on my uh, Storm Raven. That was awesome. Yeah, we went and like got everyone in the store and like you guys have to see this and like my the other Mike took a picture and put it on the store's Facebook page yeah. and stuff. But that was a really fun game. And it's I mean, I'm not the like best player. Blood Angels aren't the strongest codex, but Nids are definitely one of the weaker codexes yeah. and you came out on top in that, so I think that's I, I that think was it, awesome. a lot of it came down to that radiation. The first turn of radiation you <laughs> yeah. lost so many bikes. It's yeah, I lost like, like three of five. About a third of my scouts bit the dust. So, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, the and radiation then I got the was... demon prince. So, it, I would say it was probably the dice gods were stacked in my favor, I guess. But... Card gods, too, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you're, um... You had a lot of carnifexes and stuff. Yeah. And those were awesome looking. I, so. I love carnifexes. I'm not happy with... Their current point values—they're yeah. a little—they're a little ridiculous, in my opinion. But that's for like the whole Nid Codex, though. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why I—I uh, I yeah. kind of stopped playing Nids for a long time. Yeah. Um, I Nids was my first army, so mm. I had like a huge third edition Nids army. Fourth edition came out. Okay, it wasn't too bad of a jump. I just had to get yeah. some more Carnifexes and um, maybe some more Gene Stealers. And then 5th edition came out, and I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, it's... I couldn't fall back on chaos either, because um, <laughs> Night Lords didn't exist anymore. Yay. Like their own rules, you mean? Yeah, well, um, I had a Night Lords army, because mm-hmm. I thought they looked cool with the bat heads, which a lot of people yeah. didn't like, but I thought it was cool. Remind me of, like, night helmets and stuff like that. And um, they lost all their Legion-specific rules mm-hmm. in 5th edition. And then demons just all the demons got vanillified into demons. Right. And they wanted you to play differently. There's this huge random element that got added on, and it's like, I don't want my guy to randomly die. And I can't, yeah. I can't pick and choose my upgrades anymore. Like, yeah. It used to be like, build your own kind of thing, like choose your own adventure with uh, upgrades and stuff. <laughs> A lot of people did go overboard and cheat and forget rules and have invalid things, but... Yeah. It was fun. I liked the, it. There was a big shift around 4th uh, edition, 5th edition, where they took out a lot of the cool war gear. Yes. Um, it that did, happened with Nids as well. Yeah. Like, but around, I think it was around like the 5th at Dark Eldar Codex, they started swinging back away from that. Yeah. I noticed they started bringing war gear back a little bit, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it was quite literally, you had this, you got like a force commander and he just had higher leadership and more wounds and then you and some better weapon skill initiative and then you just put whatever you wanted on yeah yeah two plus save give them two plus save yeah um i completely lost right so nids and versus blood angels on an irradiated world during the empiric storm that was our game (laughs) way off track so you said you also played a game against jay yes and this isn't jay 
my co-host Jason. This yeah, is... yeah, your co-host Jason. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, okay. he wanted to bring out his um, Dreadnought uh, army. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll play you. Whatever. I'll. I just brought my bike army, which I I built my bike army. I've never played a game with it, so I'm like, oh yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. So, I uh, I grabbed all my bikes and. Um, I used White Scar Chapter Tactics because okay. there's literally no reason to take a bike army with Carcaradons. I don't get my extra attack in hand-to-hand because it's only for tactical marines. So I see. Okay. And I wanted to run people over and hit them yeah. with hammers. So like on all their shoulders, they put like hammerhead sharks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or, or of the ones I've have finished at the moment. But mm-hmm. Nice. Everyone had uh, Thunder Hammers. So it was... A thematic list, but it was still, like, I feel it was solid. It had a lot of, uh, like... Yeah. Yeah, Jay was telling me about... I think we might have even talked about him last episode, but, like, it, it was a strong, very strong list for, like, as you see those strong bike lists. And he... His dreadnoughts, from my understanding, actually put up a, quite a fight. Yes. He kept on making those five up and vulnerabilities <laughs> on that Contemptor. And I spent, like, two turns trying to kill this thing. Yeah. And... My leader survived. He, he ran away. <laughs> yeah, dreadnoughts have really come back into their own with the latest errata, so they get more attacks. Like yeah, it which was, they should be good. Like yeah, well they used to be. The problem is, um, everything moved ahead and they stayed behind. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a there's a lot of that with a lot of units. Like they add the new hotness and like everything else. Just is it's not bad just everything else is so much better yeah and it also makes like dreadnoughts are useless well i remember back in the day like i wouldn't take dreadnoughts because they just like they didn't have enough attack so they would get bogged down whereas like a talos for example you'd get d6 tax and get to re-roll it or something but i don't remember what the old rules were were scary as all hell yeah and now it's like because if you just have three or four attacks it's not really enough to do enough damage to you know, chew through a mob of orcs. Yeah. But when you have, like, four, five, six, seven, eight attacks on the charge, like, they, you know, they're going to get in three or four kills. That, that's one thing I noticed. Um, like, there's a disparity of shooting in close combat. And one thing I noticed, the easiest fix is just giving someone a million attacks. If you look at, like, a flayed one compared to a Necron Warrior, flayed ones in Necron Warriors... Same stat line. The only difference is Flayed One has three attacks and no gun. Mm. Four attacks, two yeah. has two weapons and five on the charge. It's a ridiculous amount of attacks with Shred. But the Necron Warrior can kill anything in the game because of Goss, potentially. Mm-hmm. You fight a vehicle, just roll a six. Oh, look, I took a hull point off. Um, you fight a monster, oh, I rolled a six. I don't care about what your toughness is. Right. It's better against vehicles and monsters, but it's still there. And you... With shooting, you get Overwatch. You can deny people from getting into hand-to-hand. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just generally, you don't have to be there. You can, yeah. sh- you have more options, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not r- as random. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think we'll talk about this a little more when we get into, like, the Sigmar discussion. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so I played two games, uh, again, with the Empiric Storm. I played uh, Jeff's Admech. It's the second game I've played against Jeff, and I, I really think he doesn't understand how my army works. 
because he always brings his he always moves his admec forward because they're you know they're good at the short range firefighting. Yeah. But that just gets them closer to my chain swords, and I just get into combat and I rip things to shred. That's a a big issue I find with um, close not close but medium range close weaponry. to medium range. Shooting, um, Necrons yeah. have that problem a lot. Yeah. And yeah. as a result, I find. Like, I keep a catacomb command barge just behind my troops. Necrons are tougher than Admech, though. So oh, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they can, that kind of counters it. And, but Admech shooting is probably more deadly. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it, that's, that's the second game I've played with Jeff where it's just like, oh, yes, come closer. Yeah, Admech, just take a knight. I mean, that's true. He didn't have, I don't think he was running his knight. So he was running kind of a weird list with the new, um, there's a new, option for admech from forge world where they have like strength two shred guns shred rending or something Ooh, that sounds nice yeah and they have like four shots a piece and they're like they're it. like really or maybe strength three they're like really weak but they have all these re-rolls and they have tons of shots so they just do like tons and tons of damage might not be rending it might just be like weight of attacks but they were really cool and they did really good uh the other game i played against was noah's grots um that's a fun army and to fight. It is. It's all. It's a very tough army, which it, I was kind of surprised about. It blinds you with the orange. Yeah, <laughs> he had a, like a shock attack tank that took out my predator in one go. Like you rolled box cars, and that's just removed from play. Like, yeah. Oh, do I get a cover save against removed no, from don't. play? No, we don't. Um, only thing I think that gets something from it is like gargantuan creatures I think get something and super heavies might yeah that they take extra wounds or hull yeah. points I'd, um, have, I'd have to pull it up but I, you're right yeah the other thing was I had a bunch of stuff in reserve excuse me we were playing a weird Eldar mission picked out from book and the mission I got certain advantages for setting up and there were two objectives one in each of like all kitty cornered each other in the corners and Noah only one of them was the real objective Noah wrote down which one it was at the beginning of the game and I didn't know but I got to bring in half my forces on one of the short table edges and I got to choose which short table edge it would be well you don't know what one's the correct objective so I set up my guys go for one objective and then bring everything on the other side of the board like in behind his tanks but like I was running double land raiders again and it just it wasn't really enough firepower to deal with that many vehicles and coming in like turn two or three or whatever it was like piecemeal he just was able to deal with stuff yeah the thing with the garage tanks is anything that's good at breaking transports that's what you want to take yeah uh, auto cannons are great for it um yeah uh yeah any yeah auto cannons like lots of missiles stuff like that i, I didn't specifically build the army to beat yeah i know it's i kind of just brought i think we we're playing 1500 or okay. something what's so. the front armor on those things is it like 11 or something like that 12 i want to say 12? i'm not sure though he's got like the bigger grot tanks too yeah i stuff, know so. last time i faced them uh we played a game at my place when i first got my fat mats and stuff like mm -hmm. that and um we played just a small game or before we started the escalation Right. And um, I was playing my Necrons, so mm -hmm. I, I don't know what oh what armor value there are. Just what is it? I roll a six. Okay, there you go. Yeah, very rare. Almost like a mortal or something. It's like, what do you mean? I glance on a five. What's going on here? Like, yeah, not something you're used to. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but yeah, by the end of the game, I had like a wounded Storm Raven left, and that was it. I did like a dangerous 
uh, deep insertion of a tactical squad out of that same, same Storm Raven, and they scattered and died, like mishap. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so that was my game. Um, okay, I think we've got. We also played an APOC game, but I think we're gonna take a quick break, right. and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. So uh, just yesterday, Mike and I participated in a glorious apocalypse battle here at my apartment as a housewarming apocalypse, I guess. I shot Dante so, in the head with a heavy goss blaster. It felt good. Nice. I, I don't even know what the highlight of the game for me was. Finally charging your Necron Lord, I guess, and finally getting something into close combat. Well, when I realized like how tanky they were, like really quickly, I'm like, I'm just ignoring them. They they could walk for the rest of the yeah. Game. So we played. We'll probably go and kill Abaddon after he <laughs> killed Robert Gilman. Sadly, yeah. So we played a five on five Gathering Storm APOC game of Imperials versus Xenos and Traders. On the Imperial side, we had my Storm Guard backed up by two Blood Angel players, one with some Grey Knights. Uh, custodes and a 30k Ultramarines army with none other than Bobby G himself. 30k rules though, but that, but the he's that I I like that model better personally, the 30k one. Well, um, the 30k one is like that classic look, and yeah. then the the 40k one is like, um, oh, is it Mark Eight armor. I I style? like the 40k one. And I'm really excited that the Primarch's coming out in plastic because that's, like, so much you can do with that. Like, you could convert Dorn out of that model. Like, I'm really considering converting Abaddon out of that model, which, I mean, the rules wouldn't match him. I've, but I've like, seen pictures of that conversion. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to look those up. If you find them, send them to me. I want to yeah. see those. Uh, but, yeah, like, that's awesome. When Magnus came out, it's a phenomenal model. Anyways. On the other side, we had a uh, chaos. Looks inc- really weird if you don't paint him red. If you paint him flesh tone, he looks really well, weird. Well, why would you do that? <laughs> I've, I've seen I've seen a picture of it. It's like it looks good. It's just kind of like that's just weird looking. Yeah. On the other side, we had uh, chaos with Abaddon. At the last minute, we decided Kyle needed to bump up a- uh, his chaos lord to Abaddon, especially because it was a chaos conversion of Abaddon. Yeah, so, it actually looked really good. I didn't yeah. even realize. Until I saw the sword, I'm like, oh, yeah. the sword's different. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's good because, like, the old Abaddon's just way too small and stuff. That was yeah. a good conversion, a good kit bash. I'm hoping we see a new uh, updated Abaddon model. Yeah, that's one of the things that's I'm holding me back from buying Gilliman because I kind of want to see if they update him. So, um, but, well, I'm starting Black Legion, so that'd be good. Uh, who else? You were playing Necrons on the yes. Xenos and Traitor. We uh, threw Jeff... On with you guys playing Admech because we needed to balance the teams. And we had Noah with his Grot tanks and his new Mech Stompa. And Jordan's Tau. Right, and Jordan's Tau. I knew I was screaming someone. And that was it, right? Yeah, well, Jordan's Tau killed everything. So, I mean. It could have just been five on one. Yeah. Yeah. That's not true. I, <laughs> I told you about the game when you first got the, um, the Super, Super Tuna. Tuna. The Talnar Supremacy, if yeah, people don't the, know the. The Tau Talnar Supremacy. If people aren't aware of the lingo, aka the Super Tuna, which. Did I tell you I broke that like the day before the apocalypse? Good. I dr- not good. I <laughs> dropped it, and it was we were having a Facebook argument or discussion, heated discussion, heated discussion about the eighth ed, and Jordan had literally just posted "fuck you too, Ian," 
in response to something I said. Like, you know, LOL, fuck you, Ian, whatever. But then I text him, like, I'm so sorry, I just broke your super tuna. He's like, was this related to the Facebook thing? I'm like, no, it'd be in more pieces. But I glued it back together. Like, the guns fell off and broke apart, so I blew... Because originally it's three pieces, so... Yeah. Yeah, there it... Nobody noticed. No, we originally did a game when we first got it. I'm like, all right, you know, we'll play a game. We'll just yeah, do whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll do like the, we're not even going to count points. I'm going to bring as many Necrons as I can. Yeah. And you bring, I guess, a Riptide Wing and the, the Super Tuna. Yeah. And it was literally nothing my army could do unless I brought close combat. And I gave him a gentleman's agreement. Like, I'm not going to bring like a squad of like race and be like, hey, look, you're stuck. Because yeah. I ran across the field. Now you, you just, oh, well, you got to stomp me out? Okay. okay. Yeah. We, so lessons learned from this game is the table was not big enough for five players fielding three to 4,000 points apiece. Yeah. So what, what's that? That's like thirty to 40,000 points were on it, the table it was, it was a, on a 12 by 4. It was a quite four. large apocalypse. I was surprised that you were constantly inviting more and more people. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a big game. Yeah was not the best idea, but, yeah, that's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, it was fun. You yeah. Know, like, that, that's what matters, right? You, yeah. You, you play Apocalypse for fun. Yeah, um, for sure. I probably should have just put a whole bunch of stuff in from reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was, it, was, it was really good. I, I really so enjoyed it. First turn, Matt uh, ran his Blood Angels up and assaulted your lines, and that kind of tied up. Yeah, uh, a lot of people on our side literally thought we, we lost after that. It's like, oh, crap. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. It yeah, because it, it, like, you guys were crammed in your deployment yeah, if, zone. If they, and suddenly... the, if they reached the town R, it was game over. Because yeah. the town R wouldn't be able to shoot anything. And then you'd be on us and we'd lose. Yeah. But, and then second turn, you guys shot the living crap out of us. And well, we're, our side is like, oh, we're fucked. Well, um, what I was fighting, I had to fight like... Three squads of Sanguinary Guard. Including and Dante. Dante, yeah. And it's like, all right, I have to make you roll ones. It was just, <laughs> my whole army is just unloading on them, hoping you roll one. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, oh my god, this is... Because oh. as soon as they touch the unit, it's dead. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just glad my Tomb Blades made it out, or most of my yeah. Tomb Blades made it out on skates, because I needed those to kill the, what, four Land Raiders and Shadow Sword on my side of the table. Yeah. And then by, the time, <laughs> by the time I even got around to being able to do that, there was dreadnoughts on the table. The uh, other, yeah. yeah, and you guys deep struck. Like, Kyle put all his uh, Chaos Terminators behind our stuff, and, like, we lost a knight, and, like, Land Raiders started popping open. I don't think anyone and even shot at my monoliths. No one cared. I shot at, uh, what, the big one? All of them. I shot at the big one from oh. across the table with the Shadow Sword, but I rolled one on the D chart, so I didn't even... I didn't, I didn't even have even to mention know. it. Yeah, I couldn't see that side of the table actually. Because it, it's so you you bring stuff back in APOC, and I brought back the shadow sword after it bit it, and it's got like shooting from one end of the table to the other because the range on this volcano cannon is literally ten feet. So I'm like, all right, well, I can't. It was I turned it the wrong way. Points. Yeah, so I turn. It was turned the wrong way. So I'm just I got a line of sight on the monolith, not the monolith, whatever the, the obelisk. Obelisk. So I did that and scattered and I took out a few admech big guys and then I hit and I, I hit your monolith and the obelisk, one of the monoliths and the obelisk, and rolled one for both those vehicles. So that shadow sword has really been letting me down lately. It's funny, um I found actually the obelisk wasn't too bad, mm-hmm. but 
I don't think it's worth 300 points. It has no AP and no D and no like, strength 7. And it's just kind of like... Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know the rules for it. So. so essentially it has four guns on it. Right. And the, the spheres so they can... Whatever it can see can shoot because it's yeah. an orb. And it's Tesla. So on a six to hit, you get two more hits. Right. And it's AP nil. Mm-hmm. It doesn't function on snap fires. And they're independent tracking, so they can they have split fire yeah. kind of thing. But it's 300 points. I think it's five or six hull points. 14, 14, 14. Yeah. And, it's... like, you're not going to kill a squad of Marines. You're going to have to kill it by weight of fire. And you mu- you can't point all four. Guns at the same target. Yeah. yeah. You can point three at most. Yeah. And that's just because when you turn it sideways, you can, like. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're at each corner of the cube. Yeah. What about the other variant of it? I know you don't oh, have the, it. The, but the... I have it. I haven't oh, built you, it. Oh, you have two of them? Yeah. Oh, shit. I have, I have pretty much everything in the Necron to Kyrian, I have. Okay, so the other one with the, like... I just like, haven't built a few of them. The Chain Catan. Yeah. How, how does that one work? Is that so, better? So, it's similar thing. It's more points, but you also get powers of Catan. Okay. So, it's like a psychic power, but it's random. Each turn you roll a d6 yeah. and get a different So whenever power, you activate yeah. it, it's like, all right, I'm going to use it. You roll dice yeah, yeah. or draw a card if you have the cards, and then you use that one. Okay. So it's random one you get. You might get, like, Tachyon Arrow, which is, like, a strength 10 AP1. Yeah. Um, you might get a Flamethrower. You know, you might just get a whole bunch of Tesla. Yeah. Um, it's random. And um, you get that double range, luckily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Flamer ones become Torrent or something. Which is always cool. Or hell, is any of them Hellstorm? Uh, no, I don't think so. It yeah. might be, but so it's also kind of it. like it's a little bit overcosted for what it is. It's it's nothing. It's it looks cool as hell, yeah. but you can't transport it anyway. You see yeah, how big that one is. Yeah. Now imagine that one opened up. Yeah, that's it's like literally a, the same kit opened up with no, like I know. a god inside. Well, it's like a it's like a case on to itself. Yeah. That's one of the things with APOC, just trap transporting everything. Anyway, so second turn, the Imperium second wave arrived because we ended up putting a lot of tanks in reserve, a lot of land raiders, a lot of custodes, and a lot of couple of flyers, and that all came in. And it's like, okay, we're we're we've got the initiative again, back on a stronger footing. Stuff starts charging, a few things die, but I think we kind of just ground down and became a warp attrition. By the third turn, Bobby G got in combat with. Abaddon, but there was just weight of attacks took down Bobby G because I don't think any of his Terminators were left by that point. So, victory to the uh, Black Zenos. Crusade. I would say more Xenos. So There's only like chaos is there, <laughs> but it, they were our warlord. We were functioning under Abaddon. Yeah. We oh so one of the twists we did is we were using the Gathering Storm, and every turn. The, each team would draw cards equal to the turn number. Yeah. So turn one, one card, two, three. Yeah, just to make it go crazy. It wasn't too bad, though. Like, nothing... The the coolest one we had, I was, I was hoping for a little bit cooler Storm cards. I think it works better with just one or two people because it's a little bit more personal. Yeah. The coolest one was no invulnerable saves. That was just terrifying. And it's, I, I shuffled the crap out of the deck that deck, and I've used it a lot, so, like, it's well-shuffled. But the turn we drew that no invulnerable saves, we also drew everyone gets plus one to their involve saves 
or a six up if they don't have one. <laughs> but then it's like, well, how does this work? And it's like, well, it gets canceled because yeah. nobody is involved saves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like great. Oh, you get plus one and a free one, and you know what? You don't get it. Yeah. And I was do. terrified because I had my I had a unit that was the um, one of the high command formations where it's my chapter master, four captains, and in there I threw a librarian, a sanguinary priest, and a chaplain in a land raider. So that's a 1,350-point unit. And there's a bunch of storm shields and involve saves in there, and they all got annihilated by the Empiric Storm. I'm, fortunately, everyone was so scared of that unit, they just didn't even bother shooting at it. Yeah. Because it's all artificer armor and yeah. stuff like that. So if you so. don't have AP2, don't even try. Yeah, and there, I always put the Storm Shield captains up front. Yeah, no, and you I'm think, like, okay, Storm Shield up front, yeah, it's going to be good. But then you think about more, it's like, well, that's a three-wound, feel-no-pain captain carrying a Storm Shield. It's not just, like, a sergeant. So, And I also got Endurance for the Librarian, but I didn't actually end up cast... I only cast it on the last turn. So... Which actually was, I didn't, I'm like, oh, they already feel no pain, whatever. And then I'm like, well, they're all multi-wound models, so uh, Eternal Warrior on a Captain is actually quite good. Yes, so, um, Eternal Warrior on a Captain is really good. Yeah. Especially if you're fighting Dreadnoughts. Especially if they're just meat shields. So that was a fun unit to run. Um, yeah, any other highlights from the game you want to mention? My Immortals, my five Immortals that were ignored for most of the game that <laughs> killed, I think, a Land Raider, killed some Marines. Yeah. But yeah, um, that was a it was a good APOC. Not the not my favorite one that I've run because it kind of ground down near the end. Yeah, but I, I think we were just so exhausted. There's so much going on on turn. Yeah, one. turn one was like three hours. Yeah, no, then, not that long, but it was two. Well, yeah, we had two sandwich and a half. Phase. In, sandwich in, phase. Sandwich yeah. phase happened in turn one. That that's an important phase in APOC. Yeah, yeah. Get the panini press out. Get a sandwich bar going. So I, I think lessons learned. The table More was too bread. small. And I'll cut well, the bread thinner. Yeah, you cut it really thick, which was good. But we went through four loaves of bread, four packs of meat and cheese. So, I, oh, also, I forgot the pickles. I bought a jar of pickles. Yeah, I saw the pickles. Yeah. Can't win them all. But lessons learned. Definitely. Brownie points for trying. Yeah, de- definitely <laughs> uh, too small of a table or too many points. The other thing, too, is I didn't, I wasn't harsh enough about time limits. Usually I do timed phases, like no more than 10 or 20 minutes. And I think what I'm going to do from now on is for combats is they need to be resolved fully. So you don't do all your charges at once. You do resolve your combats that are ongoing, and then you go to a new combat. It's like charge all the units in there, completely resolve that, then do the next charges. Yeah. And then... If you run out of time, you can't start a new charge. It makes sense. Yeah, so you don't just have these so, guys engaged. Like, you engaged me, I would have killed you, and then I would have been free my next turn. Yeah. Thing, but. It's not like, well, I charged in here, what happens now? The con- they would run out of time. It's like, well, no, 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 you don't. You know, you wrap up whatever combat you're finishing, and start. you don't start new ones until the ongoing ones have been resolved. Yeah. And that way, that... That, that would keep the combat, the phase moving. So if you don't have, like, decisive combats, it kind of screws you. But I think... It, it was also a little bit chaotic. There was a lot of people. Was how many yeah. Many total? Uh, there were 11 people. Oh, wow. 10, pl- 10 armies, because my buddy Elton was 
um, Jay and I, our old friend Elton, who used to play back in the day, he wanted to come and experience the apocalypse. Yeah. So Jay oh, gave he's, him. Oh, he's always at um, when we do board game nights. Yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in our like role playing board game group. So, but he used to play back in the day. He used to play chaos, and uh, so Jay gave him like a gray knight, killy unit, and then that got destroyed. So I gave him my centurions and a draw pod that did not kill the Talnar. And well, I destroyed. learned that doesn't kill Towner when I dropped the Hammer Strike Force in the first <laughs> apocalypse yeah. we did at uh, your folks' place. Mm-hmm. And, like, just oh, my God, I'll just grab it to the ground. Nope. Yeah. Has so, an invulnerable save. Oh, yeah. And right. a field of pain. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, Apocalypse. And I think next time I do a game here, I'll do smaller games that affect each other. So, yeah, that's about it for now. We'll be right back. All right, so we're here for our main topic, Sigmaring 40K. Yay. (laughs) You just, uh, before we just started, you said Age of the Imperium, but I'm thinking Age of the Primarch. The The Lord Commander of the Imperium. Let's let's give Robbie G full credit. (laughs) Age of Bubby G. All right, so uh, first things first. Um. It's been, what, two years since Sigmar happened? Yes. So, two to three? Uh, General's Handbook came out almost a year ago. Yeah, year and then July. a year before that, it was... It was out, yeah. So, uh, Handbook came out a year after, which yeah. it should have come so, out with, I'll, but... Yeah. So, so, it's been almost two years. So, most people probably understand Sigmar, but I want to just go over a couple of... Not ground rules, but kind of base assumptions. So... A lot of people say Sigmar is just, like, dumb and, you know, not, like, a tactical game. That, I think, is incorrect on a huge way. I think Mike's nodding his head. I think he agrees with me. Uh, And actually, I think Sigmar right now is a better competitive rule set than 40K. Yes, I would say so. It's kind of interesting how that switch has happened where... 40k is a better narrative system, but the way the rules function, it's easier to break. We're not to say that Sigmar, I, I don't think Sigmar is balanced, but like. It, it's hard to find rules in Sigmar where you can twist and bend them to like what you want it to mean. Yeah, um, in 40k, there's a lot of open ended rules, and it can lead to that. Um, it's so also in a s- lot of rule discussion in 40k. Like even we had the apocalypse game yesterday, and I think rule questions came up a couple times. Well, I think example. in s- certain um, mechanics in Sigmar lend themselves to making sure that those broken things don't. There's a hard ca- like mortal wounds. Having things that deal mortal wounds is a hard counter to almost anything in the game. Mm-hmm. So that that helps balance the crazy let's say yeah um for example another thing that also clarifies it for example scarbrand in uh sigmar mm-hmm. he has a rule that when you hit someone with your axe i think it's carnage or something like that he has two axes yeah and one of them if you hit him with that one you roll a dice and then if you get that value or higher so it's like five plus to start and actually goes down as he gets hurt because he gets angrier if you hit them and you roll the number it does a certain amount of damage and it specifically states, very concisely, no saves 
of any kind, including saves against mortal wounds or anything that halves damage you yeah. take. You just take eight damage or something like that. Deal with it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Mike, but like personally, I think neither system is perfect right now. No, there are some issues in Sigmar at the moment, but... Like, 40k definitely is, has some serious issues with the rules and, like, bloat. complications. Bloat's a big issue. Yeah, I, I don't know if bloat's the right word, but, like, I think there's... A, anyways, we're going to get into it all, but... Yeah. There's definitely issues with 40k 7th edition. There's definitely issues with Age of Sigmar. Let's call it 1st edition, because mm-hmm. they may be releasing a 2nd General's hand. Yeah, actually, they will be. Uh, people are assuming it's going to come out a year after the first one came out, so hopefully in July. Hopefully this summer. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to balance some things. It's like Tomb Kings, which are currently yeah. busted. So tonight we're going to be doing a fair amount of speculation and hypotheticals. So we're not, we don't have any inside track on rules. We don't know anyone who's developing them. No. Uh, what we do know, essentially, is what came out of Adepticon. Yeah, what was posted on their official uh, community page. Yeah. Because of so, the Warhammer community now, which so, is yeah. great. Before we get into speculation, let's go over what we know for sure. So, movement. There's going to be move values to units. They're bringing that back from 2nd edition. We're seeing that now in Shadow War, which yeah. I don't think necessarily Shadow War is preview of 8th edition. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking it is. I don't think it is. It's its own game. My understanding is it's very close to Necromunda, so that's... And Necromunda maybe has similarities to 8th ed, but I don't think it's a preview. Also, to anyone who's interested in Shadow War, if you've played XCOM on... or seen XCOM, like XCOM Enemy Unknown, imagine that with 40k. It's really cool. It's okay. very tactical. It's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's rules are standalone. So if you are one of the people who are worried about doing anything 40K right now because of 8th, it's rules aren't going to change. It's a safe place to go and play the games. They're really fun. Yeah. Uh, Rend is yes. coming. I don't, they called it something else. Oh, uh, they called it save modifiers. Yeah. But, and they only said it was under shooting, but I'm assuming, but that's speculative, that it's going to be in close combat as well. It makes sense. That it the, would there be. will be rend in the game, whether yes. it's just shooting or shooting and close combat. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's there's AP for both, right? So it's a good um, chance. Yeah. There's a good chance it'll be for combat. Ever um, since, what, 5th edition is when they brought AP into close combat? No, 6th ed. Um, it's also charging units go first. Yes. There's um, a lot of speculation whether that means it'll be the same sort of activation system in close yeah. combat. They yeah. mentioned rather than initiative itself, I can actually pull up the thing, but I, I, I don't feel like it. it's <laughs> too, too much work. Um, but they, they haven't said that it's replacing initiative. They just said instead of relying completely on initiative, that if you charge, you go first. Yeah. Um, so there's two camps to think about that. Some people are thinking it's going to go to the Age of Sigmar activation system. So if you're not familiar with Age of Sigmar, because I know this is a 40K podcast mainly, mm-hmm. how it works is there's no initiative stat. It's If it's your turn, you pick who activates who goes first. So and then the other player picks another yes. unit that's locked in close combat. Yeah, and so that unit attacks. That brings up the strategy of I'm not going to attack a unit that's already attacked. I'm going to attack in a unit that hasn't attacked yet to, like, sweeten the pill of when he hits me with, like, yeah, and I, or something. Yeah, and I think that 
I mean, we can get in the pros and cons of that system, but the bottom line yeah. is we don't actually know whether that's going to be happening. Yeah, we don't know. Not. So at the moment, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, say the sky is falling with that announcement. Um, but from what it sounds like and what a lot of rumors, if you take them with a grain of salt, is that you charge, you go first, and then it goes to initiative. And I think that's what most people who see that rule and like that idea are excited for because it makes things like uh, power fists and unwieldy weapons a lot more yeah in, a lot more appealing or close combat armies that have low initiative it's like oh i'm gonna charge in i'm gonna die and game over yeah i, I think that'd be interesting if like say instead of an extra attack you get to go first i think that's how it worked in fantasy actually I think it might have worked like yeah, that. Yeah, so... And then I, I think Fantasy had initiative. I, I never played Fantasy. They did. It oh. did have initiative, but I believe if you charged, you went first. And that'd be interesting, because you charge in with a bunch of Thunder Hammers, and they're going first, but then if it goes more than one round, you know, they're slowed down and stuff. So yeah. that, that would may have... That adds a whole other dimension of um, supporting units. It's like, oh, you could charge me, but I got two units, yeah. so I'm going to charge you back. Yeah. And you're going to be hurt a little bit, you know? Um also it makes, the, it'll add another dimension. It makes close combat a little bit better without janky rules of like first round charges and all this other random shenanigans that they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, because I, I find with um, with Sigmar, it doesn't scale well to larger games when, with that activation. Because take the Apocalypse game. If you've got... it's You can't really do activation... Or if you're playing a big team game. Yeah, it was team games that gets really that, complex. That's what I'm trying... Yeah, because you need to wait for... If you've got four players and two players are resolving combat and the other two have a combat they could resolve, they actually they have to wait. Yeah. And um, it's one at a time. I'm not 100% sure, but from what I gathered from watching the Twitch streams at Adepticon, I wasn't there, mm-hmm. sadly. I wish I went. Um, <laughs> for the team games, because they're hosting a lot of team games on Twitch. Yeah. And how they had it set up for their doubles was... When you activate, your team gets to activate two units. Oh, interesting. Now, I don't know if it was two units within a certain range of each other to promote you going in there with your buddy and like crushing people. Yeah. But it was, I get to activate a unit and my partner gets to activate a unit. And then my opponent and his partner get to activate a unit in mm-hmm. return. So that allows for, you. Know, it, it makes it so it's less of we're sharing and more of we're playing as cooperatively yeah um that's what they were doing there i believe mm-hmm. which it it's kind of interesting um i think you could even attribute that into an apocalypse game if you were going that route and just say like this side gets to activate each guy activates one yeah. unit and then and it's only your own models so mm-hmm. it's not like i have two squads of brutes in combat and you have one squad of uh i don't know savage orcs yeah and it's like all right we'll activate both my squads of brutes no, it's I activate my brutes, you activate your savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Anyways, uh, the l- other two things we know is there's essentially Battleshock, it seems like, is coming yes. to 40K. Um, that one a lot of people are on the fence for. Um, I know personally, I'm for, I like Sigmar though, so I'm a little bit biased. But even then, I've had a lot of bad experiences with, oh, look, you lost one model. Oh, look, you rolled 10. Oh, look, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, what was the... I've got army selection down. Is that just, like, open narrative match? Yeah, so... so. Well, no, um, what they're doing is, right now, in 40k, you have, like, Taudar. Yeah. Or everyone has a Kalexis assassin. Or I know one guy at um, 
the store, uh, Young Lawrence, he's playing with Samascus Lanesh with Illidari, which if you read the books, half the book is them running from the Maskus Lanesh. So I don't know why they're buddies. Yeah. <laughs> so the mask is in the same army as Eldari. Yeah. That's... As uh... <laughs> But anyway. Getting back to our previous point, if there's yeah, definitely you're, things you're, wrong with the You're picking the and choosing rules. from different things. Yeah. And I think the original idea of the Alliance thing was you want to take Imperial agents and stuff like that, and an Inquisitor with your Marines. That makes sense for him to be there. Mm-hmm. It should just be... You, it should have just been Imperials can all ally with Imperials, Eldar can all ally with Eldar, and Chaos can all ally with Chaos, and everyone else. I'm sorry, but orcs don't really work with anyone. Yeah. Um, well, they do, but they're usually so, getting used at that point. Yeah. And, and as I also, as I mentioned, there's going to be um, the three ways to play. That's yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I do want to backpedal just a little bit yeah. to explain with the whole thing of how it works in Sigmar compared to how it works in 40K with um, allegiances and the ally thing. And yeah. 40K, you could take whatever you want, you get your rules kind of thing. In Sigmar, there's a Grand Alliance like traits. So like destruction get to move fast, chaos get yeah. crazy chaos, and you roll one. Well, it would be like there would be Grand Alliance Imperium, but if you take... If, you, if all your army is Imperial Guard, you get Imperial Guard-specific bonuses. Yeah, so yeah. that's how it works in Sigma right now. And what they let you do is, for example, if you take... Um, I, I know Bone Splitters, so I'll just use that as an example. You take Bone Splitters, and you get their allegiance abilities. You get their special abilities. Yeah. You get their special war gear. Mm-hmm. You get their special spells. and But you have to use exclusively Bone Splitters. Yeah. And if you were to take Bone Splitters out of that and just use the most generic destruction, you lose a lot of really cool and really good abilities and upgrades. But you can still use yeah. the models, right? So, so in my example, if you're running Grand Alliance Imperium, if you have Imperial Guard as your core, but then you bring in some Blood Angels and some Grey Knights... You don't get your chapter assassin, tactics, for example. Yeah, you, you get the generic Imperium bonuses but not imperial guard bonuses not chapter tactics yeah. stuff yeah so you'd lose all like your all you lose all your orders you lose chapter tactics but you can have a lehman rust next to your predator tank yeah whatever, whatever so it cool. would <laughs> but. whatever it could be like yeah and i mean the army selection that they've hinted at it doesn't necessarily mean grand alliance that's more no they said something about command points or something like that so right. i'm not sure so, that's exactly that's kind of that a big means. that's kind of a big question mark right now. Yeah. So let's get back. All right. So now let's jump dive into ba- uh, some speculative stuff, and we started going into Battleshock. Uh, let's talk about that. So Battleshock. Oh, they actually they actually did. That's not speculative. They actually said hey, you're going to roll dice and take casualties. Just okay. Like sorry. Well, okay. Well, like, <laughs> well, I want I want to talk a bit about Battleshock because I personally don't like Battleshock. And I don't like it in Sigmar because, A, it favors tougher units. Units with more wounds are less affected by battle shock compared to one-wound hordes that take lots of units and then get, yes. it, again, get hit again by battle shock. So one thing I noticed that I didn't even realize for a long time, and I don't know how I missed it in four pages of rules, is with hordes, you actually get... Bonuses to your battle shock test. Yes, you do, but it's but 
At I, the same time, I, I get what you're saying. It's I like, think it's still. I don't think that outweighs the bonuses that tougher yeah. aren't. Death by a thousand cuts does not affect battle shock well. It's really, it's really good to have tougher units if you're. Oh, I took yeah. one wound. Okay, I don't have to worry about battle shock. Um, but that being said, as a, a manly destruction player, if I take a battle shock test on my brutes and I'm losing like say one or two three wound models out of a squad that's only five guys, it's like, oh god, no. Yeah, but the, my point is you need to take a certain number of wounds before you're even taking that test. Yeah. And I know the ma- big argument against leadership or morale as it works is units getting run down and wiped out. And I understand that's painful for it to happen, but in current 7th edition, assault is so underpowered and hard to pull off, I feel like it should be decisive and... I should be running down and destroying units. Because even, even if like I have a good assault unit going in with um, weapon skill, you're only ever hitting on threes. So you're not, it's, hard, it like, it's only two-thirds chance to hit. Tougher units, you're not necessarily causing that many wounds. People are getting saves, feeling no pain, and vulnerable saves. Like you might not be causing that many wounds, but if you can break them and then run them down, like, well, that assault was decisive. And it's I've, bloody. I've had to go the other way, though. Um, uh, for example, I've had a Lich Star smash into a Wraith Knight, lose one guy because I failed one mm. save, failed one reanimate, fail my leadership test. I'm initiative two. He's initiative, what, four or five? Yeah. And I just get smoked. It's like, okay, well, you're, I don't know, Wraith Knight's like 200 points or something like that, 250 points, I think. Really under Really undercosted. But even then, I just lost a 450-point unit. From losing one model. Okay, yeah. It, and it's like, oh, what the fuck? Um, then you go, then you face Marines on the flip side of it. It's like, okay, I smashed all your guys. You should be run down. Oh, they shall know no fear. Yeah, and the, um, yeah, they shall know no fear kind of. Yeah, it, it's, it's right now, it's a lot of all or nothing. So it's hard enough for, and it could go the other true. way. You can charge in, lose combat. Because you mm-hmm. got shot in Overwatch. You barely got there. You get there, and then you run away. That's yeah. like, oh, crap. Oh, the other thing is, in um, Sigmar, it's not the winner takes the battle shock test. It's you both take the battle oh, shock test. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. So I charge my 40 Gaunts into your 10 TAC Marines. You kill 10 guys. I killed five. I lose another say like eight guys in battle shock you lose another three guys in battle shock i'm i'm fine with that it's even at that point right now it's i'm i'm loving it yeah there it's it is like like we said at the beginning sigmar is a tighter rule set but i still i still really like the idea of you know charging in having really decisive combats having units get run down and units falling back, too. I like that aspect of you. physically the unit is running off the table. They are no longer listening to your commands, and they're running for the yeah, hills. Yeah, that's one thing I and do like. I do like the whole idea of, oh, you're, you're running away from a fight. And, yeah. But like, it doesn't I would, happen I would as often, see, though. I'd rather see, yeah, because usually you get swept and you're dead. Well, even that, like, it's, and this is something that is in Sigmar, like, I very rarely see people retreat. And I know when I play Sigmar, I'm not playing it at the same level you do, Mike. Mm-hmm. But I think partially that's has something to do with like 
shooting in and out combat. It's like, well, I'm not going to retreat with this unit that can shoot because then they don't get to shoot this turn. I'm just going to stay in combat and shoot out and target that unit that's in combat. Yeah, shoot the guys here. Whereas if there was more, if you were, may, had to make tougher choices about staying in combat and shooting, then there'd be more reason to fall back out of combat. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think there needs to be a little bit of a penalty for retreating somehow. We, I know we were talking about this actually on the car ride home yesterday, and right now there's not too big of a penalty in, for... In which system? In Sigmar. Yeah. Like you, because in Sigmar, you can run away. Um, mm-hmm. It's something I, I really wish I could do in 40K. It's like, well, why would my guys even bother to stand and fight? Yeah. And then as soon as you run, oh, I messed up time then. So, like, I would love to run away, um, especially if my guys are on bikes. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just turn my bike around and just take off? Why do I get yeah. run down? I, um, that's something I definitely agree with is that the morale system needs to be more dynamic that you can order you should be able to order a unit to break from combat mm-hmm. like I, I can think of a great example where I had a dreadnought getting ready to charge a mixed death watch squad dreadnought killed the terminator before he charged in in the shooting phase and now he's in combat well that whole squad has grenades like crack grenades but under the FAQ they can only throw one at a time yeah so they need to hit on fours and then cause a glance on a six. So un- rules is written, they can still harm the Dreadnought and therefore cannot fall back because yeah. their weapons are useless. But realistically, they're never going to kill that Dreadnought. Yeah. So like, why can't that squad voluntarily retreat, even if it's risking getting run down? Yeah. Um, so. I would almost say you should. they should do something. like If it's a Battleshock system, I almost think you should have to make a Battleshock test when you do that, so a couple of guys sacrifice themselves to hold. When the you thing retreat, up. that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm not sure how to handle it because then there's times where that could be too penalizing. Like, it, it's yeah. it's hard to say, and I think the reason why they did that in Sigmar was just whatever. It, 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 it's it's you're, it's Sigmar is supposed to be a simple game. Yeah. Um, and well, I'm I, I feeling in 40k if they do something like that, it they're going to be a little bit more complex because that's. Right now, well, Sigmar is supposed to be, you say it's supposed to be a simple game, but it is a very complex game. Easy entry, simple to understand, hard to master. Yeah. Um, like, Sigmar, you win in the movement phase compared to 40K where you almost win in where you decided to put your guys. Uh, 40K feels more like you're a commander issuing your guys to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, Sigmar feels like I have to move each guy individually a special way to win. Yeah. So, like... Um, and it's, 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 that's a weird thing in 40K. It's um, how it plays. It's more like they try to make it so it's like not so abstract, and then mm-hmm. you can punch a guy from four inches away from him because of bases, and you're two inches from a friend. Yeah. And it was all your attacks. Meanwhile, yeah. in Sigmar, you can be... only attack if you're in range of your weapon. Yeah. That used to be different, actually, in 40K, yeah. right? So it, it's And then... That's all abstract, and then when you shoot a guy, you have to kill the guy who's closest. Yeah, exactly. Which I I miss the days of just kill who you want. I think wound allocation in Sigmar works really well. Mm. Where it's it's more fun for both players to pick who dies. Like, oh, you shot my unit. Okay, I get pick who dies. Yeah. As opposed to I need to get my melt gun up front, but I can't put my melt gun up front. Well, also you, if it's multi wound guys, you can't spread the wounds out throughout the yes. unit. It has mm. to be. 
That guy's taking a wound. Okay, he dies. That's the another annoying thing in uh, 40k that can be happen is um, say you have a squad of three Carnifexes, like I was doing. Yeah. What I could do is one takes some wounds. I'll just let him go in behind. Now. You, yeah, just shift, now I have like three one wound Carnifexes left. So it's like, come on, man. Like, or if you're doing an independent character and looking answer to different models. Yeah. Yeah. And, Anyways, so next big thing that everyone's excited for and speculation is a 40K app. Yes. So let's talk about pros, I guess. The, the pro <laughs> Free is rules. When, I go, when I go to play Sigmar, I bring my cell phone, I bring my dice, I bring my measuring tape, I bring my models. Comparatively, when I go to play 40K, I bring my rule book. Yes. I bring my Codex Blood Angels. Yes. I bring my Blood Angels supplement book. Yes. And uh, your dice, yeah. Then I bring everything and else. your templates. So that's three. Well, that's three <laughs> large, heavy hardcover books. Yeah, and if you like that, you can still use books in in Sigmar. So I for sure. Like I, I'm one who buys. I buy all the books. I also buy a digital copy, just so that I have it on my phone. Um, they also have a army building yeah. service that people are freaking. Oh, you gotta pay. It's the price of a coffee. I mean. Well, I also bring. <laughs> Uh, like when I bring um, Sigmar, I bring my General's Handbook hard copy and like the printed off uh, yeah. War Scrolls in a folder because I, I like having that hard. Yeah, it's sometimes. So. Well, that's what they're doing now. They're actually releasing the, the War Scroll cards. A lot of people are giving them flack. It's like there's all this empty space. Mm. But um, supposedly, if you look at like the Scarbrand card, and yeah. it's like, oh look, it's almost completely full. Okay, I guess I see why they're doing it. Yeah. Not, not with all that empty spaces, so it's a standard format. Yeah. Um, but that that's one thing that I think a lot of people are hoping for for 40K is if you get the app, you can download the rules for any unit you want. You want a formation, you got to pay. You buy the book, you got all the formations. Yeah. No, it, it, don't get me wrong. Like, there's, I'm definitely someone who's said the mm-hmm. rules, uh, the book, the rule books are too expensive. I've said that's like the probably the worst hit for the cost of the game for 40k, but again that that cost isn't going away because as you said because you have to buy battle tomes which are similarly priced to codexes. Yeah, but only for only for uh, battalions, so formations. So you're only paying for formations and you're only playing for your allegiance well, ability. So your like would be your chapter tactics. Okay, but that to. that's a huge amount of flavor. Like if I play Zinch and I don't have the Zinch book, I'm losing all these spells and like mm-hmm. special rules and stuff. So, so I, I have the I have the um You have all the rules sorry, for all the I, units, I thought, but well, you don't have the rules for the special rules. Well no I don't because I don't have the points costs oh. for any new units. So Oh you don't do you have a general's handbook? Because they're all right there. No, okay, yeah, in the General's Handbook. <laughs> but new models that come out aren't in the General's Handbook. So um, yes and if no. you... I'm trying to think of a good example. Okay, so the What dwar- they're doing now, because right now we're waiting for General's Handbook 2, I think. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is the last page of the book has updated points for that book. Um, if you have the General's Handbook app on the phone, as soon as you buy the Allegiance, you get to use those. No, it, I... But I, I know what you're saying. Right like, now it's in a, a weird position. So if I play, if I'm playing uh, the new dwarves, the steampunk dwarves that yeah. are coming out, um, and I want the point costs when they come out, I need to buy their battle tome because they aren't in the general's handbook. Yeah. 
So you, ha- you have to you have to you have to spend some money for one user points. So it, essentially, like there there is still that cost yeah. of the rule books. Um, the other thing I would argue against the app is it, certain armies fall by the wayside, and this happens in 40k too. Yeah. But I feel like the app is kind of a stopgap measure and excuse. Like we've got two. There's been two corn battle tomes. There's been two stormcast battle tomes. Yeah. At least two. And, you know, there's tons of armies that are still supported. Like, I'm not talking about Bretonians or Kemri. I'm, like, free people don't have a book. Skaven yes. don't have. Skaven, except for Pestilence, don't have a book. I have a feeling when they release Skaven, they're going to make a Skaven book. If and they, they're just going to give you a Skaven allegiance. <laughs> if they release them, though, because they've yeah. been more focused on the new armies, the new dwarves, new Stormcast, new Bloodbound. Yeah. Uh, new Iron Breakers, Iron Jaws. It's it's hard to see what's going on. Um, I think one thing they're trying to do right now, from uh, I think it's more of a company standpoint at the point po- at the moment. They're trying to make their own original thing. That's why it's all it's Dwarden, not Dwarves. No, it's I, I, Orcs instead of Orcs. Oh no, I get and that. And they're trying but... to break that generic fantasy thing. Um, the one thing that people are speculating that's coming next is Elves. There's been a whole bunch of yeah. little, like, they're releasing their own rumors. I mean, they're, they're okay, building I, up our own hype on it. I, I get the... I get what you're saying, though. I, I get the, um, uh, like, intellectual property thing and wanting to have their own yeah. units and stuff. But, like, Skaven are... It's GW's thing. Oh, like, yeah. They didn't rename Skaven. If you look for third-party models, there's nothing. Yeah. Except, like, garbage. Yeah. So, but Skaven haven't got an update. Yeah. And Lizardmen, too. That's... Oh, Lizardmen, Seraphon do have an update, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But there's this... It's a pre-general handbook. So, there's two types of battle tomes at the moment. There's the ones that came out before the general's handbook, and the ones that came out after general's well, handbook. What I'm worried... And there's a clear distinction between the two. Well, what I'm worried about... Yeah, for sure there is. Uh, but what I'm worried about is... Okay, we get a 40k Warmaster's handbook. Okay, my Dark Elder now... They've got their stopgap, they've got their points, they've got their rules on the app that get updated from time to time, but I'm never going to get my Codex Dark Eldar ever again because they're just not making enough money. Meanwhile, Space Marines get theirs. And I'm, I, it's kind of a problem because, like, Sisters, for example, haven't had a proper Codex since, what, 3rd, 4th edition? Yeah. So maybe just some armies are never going to get the love they deserve, yeah. but... I, I feel like with the app, it's almost more of an excuse to not put that effort in. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I, I think there's a few things that Games Workshop could have done a little bit better, especially with uh, armies. Well, there are a lot of armies that people love and will buy up like crazy, but they're not getting any love, so they're not buying them and they're not buying them because they're not getting any love and they're not upgrading them not getting any love because no one's buying them yeah so they've created a vicious cycle it's like you you update sisters give them plastic models Mm -hmm. and people buy them up people want sisters yeah battle people go crazy over it um i think they also they're holding a lot of their cards close to their chest right now because we don't know what's coming in eighth 
Yeah, they and, don't, and as soon as they give us a little bit of a hint at something, we go the skies falling. Like, uh, yeah. just look at the eighth edition speculation right now. Yeah, with people freaking out, like, oh my god, they're gonna ruin my game. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's in reality, it's been the same with every edition change. And and to be fair too, this is not the same Games Workshop no, that not. brought in Sigmar. Like, it's a very different company. It's so. This is the Games I mean, Workshop that fixed Sigmar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're we're t- we're speculating on changes that ha- that could happen, but it's it's just speculation. Yes. So um, so one of the big things in Sigmar is fixed to hit and to wound. Yes. How do you feel about this? It doesn't bother me actually. Okay. Um, like, because I look at it like this: uh, if I play a RTS game on PC, mm-hmm. like for example, Dawn of War, I could kill a land raider with las guns. It's going to take a while, but I can do it. Right. Um, and instead of in 40K, Lasguns can't even hurt a, a, a rhino. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in the fluff, a Lasgun can shoot through concrete. If I shoot the treads enough. Really? Uh, yeah. Lasguns, they can kill Marines. They're wearing concrete armor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it does uh, next nothing. It tickles anyways. them. Just cuts scores in their armor. But then again, there's also that inconsistency it's, it's, of a guy gets shot at with a bolter that glances off his armor, and then the next book hits the armor and blows it to pieces. True, yeah. Some depending so, on the which fluff you read, bolters are yeah. either like the best thing ever or don't do anything. Exactly. But it, it's definitely faster. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to look at charts. Charts are it all. It feels out more the like a game, less like a narrative. And that's what you said earlier. It's. 40K is a better narrative game at the moment. Yeah. Sigmar is a better competitive game at the moment. So that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like my, my, uh, I, I like having my Harlequin Solitaire who, I mean, another thing that's broken in 40K is the weapon skill chart, but my Harlequin Solitaire is getting hit on fives by Space Marines, let's say. Yeah. Whereas That my, actually makes sense. Whereas my uh, clan rats are hitting a Bloodthirster on threes. Mm-hmm. Like that's not real, and yeah, I, I guess I think what the idea is, it's more of just you have to have this wall of spears just being thrust at him. He's gonna get hit. But yeah. I get I get the idea of it. It doesn't always make the most sense, and I know it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Like, oh, you can hurt anything with anything. Um, I look if I wanted to compare it to 40k, you look at a narrative idea of 40k, and this is where I think it kind of works, and I think why mm-hmm. it's okay. If I have a squad of Marines shooting at chimera in the front i can't hurt it right yeah but let me ask you this do you think the heavy bolter in the front is going to be bulletproof from a bolt around yeah do you there's think no the treads are going to be do you think i'm gonna eventually start ripping it apart with my equivalent of rapid fire grenade launchers it's gonna eventually do something yeah there's a great um you can whittle mo- it down yeah um but that's a big issue in 40K. 40K is so black and white with the, the systems that either a Marine gets hit and he's dead. Or he takes the most unbelievable amount of punishment forever before dying. Meanwhile, in Sigmar, and this is why they're bringing in the rend value, um, you shoot a Marine with a bolter. It's going to punch through the armor a little bit, not yeah. fully, not going to ignore it completely. And that's why it was in... Uh, second edition. They got rid of it in second edition. Rend values. Yeah, so yeah. AP, the AP system came out in third edition. It did not happen. It wasn't like that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Second edition had its own issues. So I'm not I'm not gonna go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it's it's more gradial and mm-hmm. uh, the how you can deal damage. But one big thing is you're going to need a wound inflation. A one wound uh, marine doesn't make any sense. No, and that's kind of one of my once that, you do that. There's another that's one of the issues I have. Like I I posted pictures on Facebook of my Skaven uh, battle standard bearer based on the uh, slaughter priest model that came free in the yeah. white dwarf. And Awesome model. I've gotten like tons of compliments, but one of the criticisms I got is like that guy's sorry, Ian. That guy's too big. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I kind of like thought about it more and looked at the stats. That guy has the same stats as a corn hero. Yes. So, actually, that Skaven BSB is perfectly proportioned. Yeah. And that is kind of bullshit because that is that criticism is valid. That Skaven is too big, and you can say he's a molder guy or something, but. That Skaven shouldn't have four plus armor and five wounds when a corn guy who clearly is tougher and stronger than a Skaven also has five wounds and a four up. So here's a, a funny thing about Sigmar compared to 40k. And this is where, as someone coming from 40k, I, it took me a lot. I had to forget everything I knew about 40k to think about this. In Sigmar, you don't have toughness. No. You have an armor value and you have wounds. Yeah. So your armor value and your wounds combine into your toughness stat. In 40k, you have your toughness stat, your wounds, and your armor save. Yeah. And that, sorry, that confers to how tough you are. Um, so what they do in Sigmar is you need to be tougher, they'll give you another wound. Account, well, that counts for toughness is your wounds. It also accounts for your armor. Well, no... Okay, I, I yeah, it's, it's, I, I understand. It's just a way of adding the ability to make something more resilient, but not just be a single stat. It's like um, a well, given choose. Like you're taking more damage, but it also harder to get that damage through, and that's how well, it works. It's, it's a back and forth slider to give that complexity. Wounds and save and Sigmar. It's how hard it is to kill that model. Or how, sorry, Wounds and Save and Sigma are how tough that model is. How resilient Wo- the model is. Resilient. Yeah, wounds, toughness, and save in 40K isn't how tough the model is. The toughness value is how tough the model yeah. is. The armor is how strong his armor is. And the wounds is how, really, I how see it is how he is. meaty he is or how epic he is. Like, heroes yeah. have more wounds and the Carnifexes are big, so they have more wounds. Like, it, I, I guess that's what it comes down to. Sigmar, yeah. the fixed values... No toughness, just more wounds. It, it it works 100% to speed up the game. Definitely helps with that. But it, it's taking away some of that narrative flavor. I, I get what you're saying. Um, but at the same point, a term uh, you hear about Marines fighting with one arm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly think Marines should have two wounds. Terminator should have three wounds. And if you just make it so it's... That'd be obnoxiously tanky if in the current state of seventh edition. But as soon as you add a rend value, and it's like, okay, that's fine. Okay, but if they if if Space Marine in seventh edition should have two wounds, that means, or let's say a Terminator. Yeah. If a Terminator in seventh edition should have two wounds, then in Age of the Prime Arc, a Terminator should have four wounds. Four wounds because of rend. Well, no, but you, like. Yeah, because it's, you're degrading. His, um, 
He's not as resilient. So if you look at, if you said take standard Terminator now and you add in the rent value, all like, of a sudden he is crap. Complete and utter crap. Well, I'm going to shoot you tough, as a heavy though. bolter. I'm going to shoot through your armor. Minus two, most likely. Maybe, and now what? But at the same, it's like, okay, so now the Terminator is useless. Don't, don't bring him. He's just going to die. But as soon as you add in a, a second wound, it's like, okay, you sugared the pill. A prime example of this is if you actually mm. look at Tyranid Warriors. In 4th edition, Tyranid Warriors had two wounds and a four-up save. Right. That wasn't good enough, especially with the arms race stuff. So they give him three wounds. Mm. Is you you get shot by bolters, you're more resilient. You get shot by a melt gun, it doesn't matter. You're not as resilient because they lost the Eternal Warrior. Yeah, they used to have Eternal Warrior two wounds, mm-hmm. so you get hit by a crack missile, which were everywhere. It's like okay, I don't care. Yeah, well, yeah. the hive mind's still holding me together. Meanwhile, now it's like, I get hit by a crack missile. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, three wound model gone. Anyways. So, Size um, of a building, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that's likely to go away, or if 40K gets the Sigmar treatment, which again, speculation, yeah. but templates would go away. Yes. So, um, I personally, I'm okay with it because at the moment, I fire a blast template at you, or I bring a like frag missile. The guy I'm facing all of a sudden, all his models are two inches apart, and I'm only going to hit one or two guys. Maybe right. three if I'm lucky. Why not just make it D3 hits? Yeah. I, I, I really like the blast templates because they are, I think they are super thematic like and narrative, it, but they, I remember in third edition with City Fight when it was just a flamers and large blast do D6, small blast do D3. Oh, I actually never played City Fight. Was it like that? Yep. Oh, that and cool. you know what? I didn't miss templates, so I'm not too worried about them. It, and they were, one thing that definitely slows down the game is multiple blasts yes. and dealing with like six or 10 or 12 blasts or just the scattering down. Sometimes the scattering is absurd. And the other times it's, it makes sense because it's reduced by ballistic skill. Um, but the scattering aside from orcs, you, when you're firing a rocket at a guy, you're going to aim kind of at him. You're not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to shoot off and hit that building beside him. Well, it's not just that, but like the scattering as well, it becomes, there's, you start, you start it's something be- that can definitely start an argument. Normally, any sort of like line of sight or scattering, I kind of just, mm-hmm. whatever, I'm not going to argue about it. But if you don't roll that scatter die next to where that blast is going, like if you roll it on the other side of the table, it's really hard to determine which way that arrow is pointing. Yeah, an- another thing that, that's also, I, I see that a lot. Like when I play with the blast template, I am very, I remember the days of partially covered and fully covered yeah. blast templates. And then people are like, well, what's partially? Or is it majority? Or I'm a big fan of, when I look down, if I see it's just like, if I, it looks like it could be touching, I just give it to the guy. Um, and then mm-hmm. I see a lot of other people and they play and it's like, oh, or I see them measure it and it's like, it's like completely off. Like I was yeah. watching a game at Games Workshop the other day and the guy fired the Death Strike missile. Mm-hmm. And he like, when he put it down where it was, I'm like, should be over here like yeah. it's not my game i'm not gonna interrupt your game but you should be like actually death striking that guy's whole army but like just when you go to you place it down and you go to move it and then you have to move the you actually have to move the measuring tape to the model or to the point without was keeping that angle yeah keeping and you're it gonna, you're gonna yeah, break the it's angle. it's really hard to pull off properly yeah. um 
the other the biggest thing though is with the D six and stuff like that is the flamer. The flame template's like what seven and a half inches or something. Uh, yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, it's it's a weird number, um, and if, if they change it, they might as well just change it to nine inches. So flamers are gonna—that's a, a standard good but number. The, but the, then you could change it based on the weapon. So the other thing too is I I don't know like okay I'm fire I've got units with multiple flamers. Do I do them one at a time and then if guys die does that reduce the hits? Yeah. What if they're different types? Here's like, the other question: If I shoot a flamethrower into one guy and I hold that gout of flame on him, should he only get hit once? I I don't know. That, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm cooking him. He's just, the burn motherfucker, you well, know, you like could be cook- yeah, but you could be okay. I'm so holding down on the squad, so all five of those guys. Should yeah, I hit five hits. guys. It makes sense, like because I'm gonna be spraying it into the squad of guys. If it's one guy there and I just light him up, yeah, I'm gonna hold the stream on him. Why I, would it only hit him once? Yeah. yeah anyway, like I, I really it's, like. So there's a lot of arguments back and forth, right? And I like templates. I'm not gonna lie. I like, yeah. I like playing see my flame. Template. It's fun, right? Yeah. So you put it from the gun. It's like, yeah, you're shooting the fire. I also just bought all three APOC templates, so they go away. I'm gonna be a little sad about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it, it makes you a little bit salty, and um, that's the reason why I'm not spending much money on 40k at the moment. Yeah. It's like I don't know what's coming. I don't want to be. I don't. I've, I've been burnt with an addition switch from fourth to fifth. Yeah. Third to fourth wasn't so bad. Actually, third to fourth was actually really good. I like fourth edition. Um, I like that update. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got back into the hobby in seventh edition, a lot had changed, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just. I'm not even going to look at my old armies. I'm going to start a new one. Yeah. And it's a nice feeling to start a new army, and it's all fresh and fun again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I look at my old nids, my old chaos stuff. I'm like, fuck. That's. I don't. I. I can't. I don't want to spend the money, right? Yeah. And it, it makes it hard, and I think that's a big issue with a lot of people. They don't want to go through buyer's remorse and stuff like that, and that's why a lot of people are reluctant to want to accept these changes. Yeah. I, I also, like, kind of feel at this point, if I don't like 8th Ed, I'm just going to continue to play 7th. Because I'll always find people... Oh, yeah. I won't be able to go to tournaments, but I don't go to tournaments now anyway, so I'm... Well, there's ninth age tournaments... Yeah, exactly. There'll be the whatever, yeah. whatever fan made f- version of forty k comes out there. And I'd I know it'll be, I know it'll be cool at at YNL because I know we people play eighth of exactly. Uh, so I'll just play anyway, seventh bro. there. So yeah. I, I'm not super worried about that. Yeah. I'm probably not going to buy anything more for thirty k wolves or black legion before eighth drops. Yeah. Hopefully, I can have that self control. But it, <laughs> it, it's at the point where if you if you want to get something now get something because you want it yeah um like i got i finished my necron army because i wanted the whole necron army. i'm not going to use a de- uh, destruction annihilation nexus or whatever the fuck it's called it's mm-hmm. garbage uh, two annihilation barges and a doomsday arc. the doomsday arc is garbage yeah it's shit um uh, you can make the argument oh it's not that bad yeah but why would i not just take a destroyer belt yeah. <laughs> you know, like, a- anyways, getting back on topic a little bit. So, Franken armies. We've all seen, played against, or at the very least heard. Taudar? Taudar <laughs> was a Calexus assassin or something? And an Inquisitor for Servo Skulls and <laughs> Samael with Wolf Star. Yeah, um, uh, what, what's that? Uh, more Riptides at LVO than there so, are attendants? Jesus. And um, I don't think everyone was playing Tau, they just brought a Riptide Wing. So, I think one of the first things is like, 
I think I really like the idea of allies in 40k. I think it has caused serious problems with the game. Yes. And sure, I think bringing some guard with your space marines is cool and fluffy, especially uh-huh. if it's like an inquisitor with your gray knights. <laughs> yes. Like that that should be in the rules, absolutely. Yeah, Demons I, with Chaos Space Marines works great with the ally yes. system. Oh, well, that's what I said earlier. It's like um, allies should have been... Imperial can work with Imperial. Eldar can work with Eldar. Chaos can work with Eldar. All right. So Chaos can't work with Eldar. <laughs> no, they can't. You cannot have a Mascus Lenin no. with the Eldar. Bad player. <laughs> um, Chaos should work with Chaos. Yeah. And um, it, it, just from a narrative standpoint. But one thing I think that's going to change is that is because they announced the General's Handbook. Three ways to play. You want to play competitive? Can't do that. Sorry. Can't pick best of both worlds. Yeah. You want to play for with what you got? Or you want to play for fun? Or you have a fluffy thing? Go for it. Why not? Like the, You can use the points in, in narrative play. People do it all the time in Sigmar. Yeah. I. The only thing I'm a little worried about is allies have been... If we move in 40k to a Grand Alliance system similar to Sigmar, allies aren't going away. They're being restricted, but they're not going away. And some of the... Some janky-ass shit has been... can be done within Grand Alliance Eldar. Like, in 6th edition, there was a lot of bullshit with um, the guy on the the Hellion special character. The Duke, or the Baron. Yeah, the Baron in, like... or what I don't even know what it was, but, like, Ra- you know, getting re saves. Wraithguard in a raider with an Archon. a raider, yeah, and an Archon. Uh, Samael with, like, a wolf star. Dark Angels and Space Wolves sh- should not be Battle That's Brothers. That's like cat and dogs, like, living together, literally. What the hell? This guy is... Fi- anyway, so, like, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> ally- allies, didn't di- allies didn't disappear with the Grand Alliance system. So that problem might not be fixed. The, and the other problem that I think one of the problems with 40K right now is the formations that they have gotten out of control. So here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't aware, in Sigmar, you pay for a formation. Yeah, and that... You, you have to pay for it. Now, when you're playing narrative and open play, you don't. So... I've noticed right now they're releasing a whole bunch of formations and all this crazy stuff. And it's like... For well, which, which game? In, in uh, 40K. 40K. Okay. So you get all these free things with Gathering Storm and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's no points cost associated with it. You take a Demi company or something like that, it's like, oh, here, look, I got free transports. Yeah. Because I took a full battle company. As you may notice, I banned that in the yes. APOC game. So, so what they do in Sigmar is you pay points for it. But... That only happened in the General's Handbook when you're playing with points. Yeah. General's Handbook is coming for 40K. Expect to see that. Even if nothing else changed except for what was announced in 8th edition, expect to see that. Yeah, points for, points for formations definitely help. Yeah. But you still Rules pay... should cost something. You still pay for point. You still pay for formations in Sigmar, and I think... There's still broke-ass formations in Sigmar. Especially with Stormcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's one thing I'm, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. 
So, but then again, you look at Tomb Kings, and if you're not familiar with Tomb Kings, they're just way under-costed and way overpowered. And this also brings up the whole th- question of what's more balanced, just raising the points cost or just fixing the actual rule yeah, that's busted? And there, we're always going to have... I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a perfectly balanced game, but... But I think it's, they're listening now. Well, at least I'm hoping. I'm, be, I'm being. I'm being. My glass has uh, still dropping it, so I still. I still hold. <laughs> still hold. Yeah, it's... I. I don't think it's realistic to assume that either Sigma or 40k will ever be 100% balanced. No, no game is. But just to baseball. But I think certain things exaggerate or exasperate the problem. Informations and allies are one of them, and sig- those aren't going away if 40k gets Sigmar'd. Yeah. So that's that's something. Um, I think the last thing I have down in my notes is monstrous creatures and vehicles. Yes. So let's start with, this is something that you and I have talked about many a time. Monstrous creatures, and especially gargantuan creatures, are OP. They're either completely disgusting or garbage. Well, Okay. Carnifex is... Garbage. <laughs> they have one good thing. Like, what, 12 shots or something like that. Twin length. The, the, That's okay. it. Let's, let's back up. There is huge disparity among monstrous yes. creatures. Some are, really, oh, some are really bad. Some are really good. Like, you compare Com- Talos to uh, Carnifex. Talos yeah. is gorgeous. I would take a Talos all day. Um, and then you compare, like, a Talos to a Dreadnought. I would take a Talos all day. Yeah, I, I think one of the problems <laughs> is that a lot of, in, in my opinion, a lot of Tau stuff, I'll use Tau as an example. There's they should be vehicles. Yeah, a lot of Tau stuff should be vehicles so they can be stunned, shaken, they can have weapons I shouldn't be off. able to poison a Riptide. Yeah, that actually, a, a, that's a, actually a A mech point. that can operate in outer space should not have to worry about having poison spit in its eye. Yeah, that's a, actually, I hadn't even thought of that. That's an excellent point. Yeah, uh, I can, or, and on the flip side, I can kill a, I can kill a Talonar with splinter rifles from Dark Eldar. Yeah. It's so, not going to happen, but it, it can happen. It makes no sense. This thing is a fucking robot. Well, and I can't hurt it with, I should be able yeah. to just haywire it to death. Yeah, yeah. And so having the degrading system, I think, would help with some of that. Yes. On the other hand, I've been in the case where like, oh, my... My guy got my vermin lord took a few hits from like some arrows and now he's lost half his attacks. But yeah, again, it might not never be it might not ever be balanced. But right now, there are certain monstrous creatures and especially mm-hmm. gargantuan creatures, which are just so. Good. That's um, uh, that's a weird thing in Sigmar, um, especially like you mentioned the vermin lord. Does the vermin lord give you any special abilities? Give. Me, yeah, like, I, because like, that's one thing I've. You say me? What do you mean? Or like your your army? Like, yeah, your army. Um, uh, obviously spells. your vermin lord doesn't give you anything more aside from just swag points. I mean, let's be honest. He, he's, uh, he's, vermin lords have good command traits and they have unique spells. Okay, that can be used quite good. So what I've noticed, especially with heroes and monsters and Sigmar compared yeah. to forty k, is you bring them for the rules most of the time. If the guy doesn't have a good rule, don't really bring him. He's just like a little bit of a bruiser. 
You, you might have him there for three flushes of power or because he just transfers a rule to a battalion or something. Yeah. Or an allegiance ability. Like um, in Destruction, I like to bring about three heroes just to because I have an ability that lets me move in the hero phase. Mm-hmm. So I move before movement kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I have to be near a hero. So I bring them just, they're just there to push my army along. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them aren't, they don't have anything special. They're not good. Um, you have a monster. What's his special ability? Does he have something special or is he absolutely disgusting in close combat? Otherwise he might not be good. He might actually be good at just tanking stuff. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's, it's very weird. Not like in um, 40K where Wraith Knight, Talos, Carnifex, uh, Hive Tyrant, all that. They're, just, they're, either a, they're all beasts in hand-to-hand, and they might have good shooting too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different, different atmosphere yeah. for it. All right, I we've gone on for quite a while. I we can keep I, going. I, like I said, <laughs> I don't want to make this a five-hour podcast for you, but no, uh, I think there's other things, but I think those are the major points we want to hit. Any last words? Vehicles. Vehicle. Well, we were. We don't know what the fuck's going on with vehicles. That's a big question mark. Because rend value, our vehicles getting toughness, and I know a lot of people would like that. And then if vehicles are getting toughness, what happened to like weapon destroyed and stuff like that? I personally, I like vehicles how they are now. They're not perfect. I, I like it and I don't like it. Um, yeah. I like I like that idea of it being blown up and stuff like that. At the same time, I really don't like it. Sometimes, sometimes it's too just like oh fuck off. You blew the you like you randomly get the gun that you like I needed. Or, you know, or it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I randomly destroyed the gun that you don't need. It's like, come on, man. If my guys are going to shoot the gun on your fucking tank, I'm going to fire my melted gun into your Predator's glass uh-huh. cannons, not his heavy bolter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I like how they work. I don't want to see them wounded. But we don't know because there's no tanks in... There were no tanks in fantasy there is. with armor values. Oh, it's armor value, yeah. Well, how did the steam tank work I don't before know. Sigmar? I, don't I know. think it just had wounds. I know how it works now is actually pretty cool. Yeah. It just gets slower and maybe less shots. Or yeah, but uh, that's what I'm saying. There's no easy comparison. Yeah. So we're, tanks is a big question mark. Yes, uh, it's a very big question mark. They haven't said anything about it. Yeah. So and there's rumors that they're getting temp- or not templates, uh, bases. Because there's a lot of pictures. I think when uh, Kill Team came out, you saw a whole bunch of vehicles on bases. Yeah. And then if you watch the Twitch stream, this one guy has square bases on all his vehicles for Ultramarines. And it's like, did he do that on purpose for just looks? Yeah. Or does he know something? Because I think it's a more of a employee's army. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I think we'll just wrap it up there. Mike, thank you for coming on the show. It's been welcome anytime. Great. I could talk all day. And <laughs> Yeah, I know. You can definitely talk about Sigmar as long as you're standing. <laughs> as I, long as if you I'm go. sitting, I can talk longer. That's true. Um, oh, look, I'm sitting. So, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I think it's been a great discussion. And again, this is all speculation. We don't. It's still a big question mark what's going to happen. So we'll be right back. All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode. Uh, apologies if it's a little shorter than our usual thing, our usual uh, episodes, but I just wanted to make this one short and sweet. But uh, Mike and I had a quite quite a lengthy discussion about Sigmaring 40K, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and iTunes, 
And uh, feel free to drop us a line at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to support your local retailers. If you're local to Windsor, check out Brimstone Games. Uh, mine and Jason's home store is the GW at Young and Lawrence in uh, Toronto. If you'd like to get a game with us, shoot us a message over Facebook. Uh, please rate our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to tonight's episode. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. Mm-hmm.